All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's after five o'clock. How are you? Welcome back. Game day on Sports 1440. The order is taking on the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Stuart Skinner back in between the pipes. Skinner is 10 and 2 in his last 12 starts. He's got a 920 save percentage and a 203 goals against average. Pretty solid numbers for uh, Stu Skinner. Doesn't uh, look any worse for wear. Hasn't been overplayed because the Oilers haven't had a very difficult schedule. If you look at the month of January, they play 11 games this month. That's it. They only play Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. This this week, they don't even play on Thursday. So they get every Sunday and Monday off. So have lots of time. Uh, will he start 8 of 11? Probably. Maybe even 9, but probably 8. And the order's quality of competition isn't that difficult. They don't have a real tough travel in, in any of their uh, road trips. This is this month sets up very well. The orders could easily be nine and two this month, and it wouldn't be a shock to me at all. Which would then put them at uh, twenty-two and five in their last twenty-seven. Heck, go eight and three this month, and you're twenty-one and six. Not bad record for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Let's get to the uh, spec report brought to you by. Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated and a huge supporter of many minor sports teams and local charities. NextGenTransportation.com as uh, Mark Spector joins us uh, once again. Speck, uh, Happy New Year. Hope uh, you had uh, your first Christmas as a grandfather. Probably had to be a little bit. Uh, uh, did you get to hold the kid at least for at least a little bit? Other than <laughs> Shelka have him the whole time? <laughs> yeah, like when you got a baby at a big party of adults and it's just like a little football just gets <laughs> handed off around the room. <laughs> but oh yeah, I spent a lot of time with my new granddaughter. Great family uh, week, uh, great family week, Jay. Christmas had never been better. 
I hope everybody out there uh, had half as good a Christmas as I did. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. It sounds awesome. Um, uh, the Edmonton Oilers had a pretty good Christmas break. They won uh, two big games beforehand in New Jersey and New York and then picked it up, dominating wins in San Jose and Anaheim, and then a, a good test against L.A. where they did not like their first period. Stuart Skinner kept it close, and then the Oilers uh, managed to win in a shootout and you know what uh, Ryan McLeod spec uh, in five games has uh, scored five goals uh, four of them on inner slot shots uh, he's going to the net way more he's being rewarded as playing with uh, on the wing with dry subtle and Fogel and I'm not sure if he's a winger forever because of five games but it's looked good I'd have no reason to split it up and uh, I, I but I, the one thing I watched against LA was man, they need a Vander Kane in the lineup when they play the LA Kings because they got yeah. manhandled in that game physically at different times. And so, uh, you know, I love the excitement and the exuberance around the order's current second line, but I don't think it's a second line that's going to be there come playoff time. Well, I mean, let's see. Let's wait and see what happens. When you say come playoff time, I think let's see who comes in at the trade deadline. And that to me will, you know, if there's a third line center there, I've been saying for a long time that's probably their priority here. Uh, and that would change things if they decide that, well, the best player we can get or the best deal we can make is some other position, you know, a second line winger, then that'll change things. So sure, Jay, you know what? We'll, I'm not telling you this is their playoff lineup either, but uh, I don't think anybody knows until we get through the deadline. But, you know, that's been, it's a pretty cool experiment. And, and I'll tell you, Jay, in a city where we've, you know, argued for six or seven years about do you play Drysaddle and McDavid together because they need to have the right amount of skill to be able to be, you know, these great players. Here we have Leon Drysaddle uh, playing some of his best hockey of the season with a couple guys that I think everyone went into the season considering third liners. So it's a little bit of an education maybe here for some of us who think we know what we're talking about, eh? Well, <laughs> it's also five games. I'm not a big believer in small sample size to totally skew my opinion on players. Like when you've played yeah. 250 games and you've basically been a third line player and then you get hot for five, I still think you're a third line player. So yeah, that's fair. Right. So, um, and that's not a knock you. Hey, good teams have really good third lines. Right. And McLeod yeah. and Fogel were actually a pretty good line last year in the postseason for Edmonton. Um, and I think what this does to me though is I'm not breaking up that second line anytime soon. But what I would do, Spec, is when Dylan Holloway comes back, I would play him at center with Evander Kane. Yeah. And if, if that were to click and if Holloway can finally get in enough games to become a regular on this team, uh, now all of a sudden you got three lines coming at you pretty, you know, that, that can all do damage. I don't listen. I think we've tried a top heavy Oilers team here for a long time. We've really, we've watched an Oilers team where they load their top six and then they figure out their bottom six. And I'm not sure that Chris Knobloch's not, you know, that, that I don't welcome what he's doing here. He's spreading stuff down. He's, you know, we all look at Kane and go, oh, he's on the third line. What a demotion. Well, maybe he makes your team better there. And, and maybe Drysaddle makes your team better when he's playing with Fogel and McLeod. And, and he's taught those guys a few things. I talked to Fogel this morning for about 10 minutes. And, and one of the things he said is when you're a third line guy, you just, you chuck the puck in and you go after it and you, you, you get rid of the puck a lot. Cause that's what third liners do. And he said, Leon's been telling us like you're big guys. If there's no play, hang on to the puck. You know, yes. hang, protect the puck, hang on to the puck, wait for a play to come. And we've watched it. The plays are coming. So I guess I'm trying to say that no matter where Warren Fogel ends up, yes, 
he's a better player for whatever's going on right now and for however long it lasts. Well, and I, I think it's a mindset where you have guys like, you know, we've talked a lot about defense. Look at Vincent DeHarnay Speck. He isn't just throwing the puck out of the zone anymore just to get it out, right? He's holding on to it, and he's a third-pair defenseman. He's not a first pair or a second pair, but that, but it makes your third pair more effective. So if Fogel and McLeod end up going back to being your third line, but now they're no going to hold on to the puck, and Fogel's not going to dump it in as much, and McLeod's going to actually go to the net with it more, well then, yeah. This this <laughs> right. this mid season um, line juggling works out very well, and that's what the the season's for, right? Like I've I've never believed that you're just going to get your lines and just roll them all season long. It's going to be your same lines, and it's going to be awesome, right? Like guys switch all the time. Um, all I notice is against LA, man, they were physical and heavy on the orders, and Evander Kane's presence was very noticeably absent against LA. Yeah, he's a he, listen. This isn't an overly physical team here. No, I think we know that, and that's fine. And that's fine. But the guys you have who are physical, you know, uh, he wasn't in the game, so I'm not criticizing. But the guys you have who are physical have to bring that element every night, especially against a team like LA. So yeah, you're missing Kane in that game, and it really shows. When you're playing the Anaheim Ducks, you don't notice as much because no. they're not that good a team, but. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, that LA game was the best game I've seen all year. Uh, it was very, it's the first time, here we are at New Year's, it's the first time I thought I, I would, I've used the word playoff hockey. It had a playoff smell to it. You know, there was guys going after each other. The ice was hotly contested. Guys were, you know, no one liked each other. They hate the Kings and the Kings hate them. It was an awesome hockey game. Win, lose, or draw in the shootout. We all know it's a coin flip, right? But the fact that it went all the way through overtime and it was tied, it was just a great a night of hockey. I loved watching the game. Oh, me too. I like that. You know what? There, there could be highly entertaining two two games, and I, and I thought that was uh, one oh, of them. Yeah. Right for for sure. Yeah. And you know, L.A. and you know Edmonton, they're just hey. You know, as Connor McDavid said, it's the exact same game that you play in L.A. all the time. And, and the orders have learned, I think, how to be patient. They stuck with it. They had a terrible first, except Stuart Skinner. Right? And then they had a dominant second period to get back in the game. And I thought they controlled most of the play in the third, but Stuart Skinner yeah. still made some key saves. And then, and you know, you, you win it. You can tell by the reaction of McDavid. Hey, that, that game meant something to Edmonton. There's no question about it. They need points, but more so, I think it's that's a big game, right? And uh, they got the, uh, the two points. And, you know, like they have a chance tonight, Spec. They're the first team in the league who's won five in a row twice this season. First team to do it. And, uh, you know, they can extend that to six. And, man, you win tonight because Philly's a pretty – I think Philly's a really challengeable full right now. They're playing hard. Now, they don't have the skill of Edmonton offensively, no question, but they work extremely hard. You win this game. Then you got an Ottawa team who can't really defend. You know, then you got Detroit and Chicago, and they're slumping. Like, you know, the Oilers could find themselves winning eight in a row here pretty quick again if they wanted. Well, maybe. They're certainly lined up that way. Of their next – one, two, three of their next five games, I think Philly's the toughest test. And you're getting Philly at the end of a road trip. Yeah. Right. They've been on the road for a week. And I, you know, you know how it goes. Those Eastern teams don't travel that well. They're not used to being out here. Right. I was talking to some people today and they're like, man, it's been a long trip. They went Vancouver, Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, like big deal. But they don't travel that much when you play for Philly. So yeah, you could get Philly tonight. You're right about Ottawa. Many of these teams can beat you, but Ottawa has been a bit of a very loose team this year. And I like the Oilers on the road. I think the Oilers on the road are a better team than the Oilers at home. They're playing a, a way tighter, smarter, 
um, uh, more committed game, more physical game. I like them on the road. They get Chicago, Detroit, and Montreal. You can win in any of those ranks. So, you know, I guess I'd say this to you. I think they have one more win than the Maple Leafs right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I saw a stat today. I should have looked it up before I came on the air. I think they have one more win than the Maple Leafs, and we all consider the Maple Leafs to be a really good team. So it's kind of funny. The order's record is where it was last year, right? Yeah, it's close to it. Uh, well, they played a, you know, after 34 games. It's not the same place on January 2nd because they played fewer games this year than they have last year. But okay. no, Edmonton's a good team, man. I don't, I've been saying it all along. I'm not, I'm not surprised. And I, I said it, I wrote it six weeks ago. The order's going to make the playoffs. Like they, they were playing horribly, but they're still a good team. Now they're really dominant lately. Obviously 13 and three and leading the league in, in goals for their fifth and goals against their power plays third, their penalty kills fifth. Like everything's going well. And that's kind of who they were last year. Like they were a good team last year. So the thing is, Spec, the way they're rolling now is I don't think you can rule out that they can still finish in the top three in the Pacific Division. Well, let's look at that here. Like I like they've got thirty Yeah, like they're, they're ten points back of the LA Kings right now. It's eight. Eight back of the Kings with a game. Eight back of the Kings. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Then my my standings are a day old here. Yeah. I'm just looking at him as we talk. Okay, so you're eight points back. I mean, I, how many do they play the Kings this year, Jay? Do they have three or four with them? I think they have four, but I'll double check. I think they have three more. Yeah, I would have to check. But that you too, even but look the at point like is there are six yeah. six more points right there. Yeah, and you now nah, you're not going to beat LA every night because they're no. an awfully good team. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know what? I've been on the record. I've, I probably spoke too soon, and, and I thought third place was out of reach. But the way they're winning right now, I'll eat my words. They're, you know, they're they're showing us some things here. They're they're really as good as a lot of people thought they were when the season started, when they were picking them to play in or win the Stanley Cup. They're looking like that team today. They really are. They're very confident defensively. They're strong and they're getting goaltending. That's the next topic here. Jay is all of a sudden Stuart Skinner looks like a guy that might not need as much help as we thought he needed uh, maybe a month ago, huh? Well, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, um, you, you still don't want to overplay him for playoff success. Those numbers, I don't think lie regardless of who the goalie is, but Calvin Pickard, yeah. he just gives you decent starts as your backup. You can live with it for the time being. I always said, I said to me, the orders have until February really, if, in, unless they think Pickard's the answer is their backup. And, and who knows? Maybe he is. Right, it's a goaltending yeah. position spec. It's voodoo from year to year. I thought Skinner was your starter. You just have to make sure that you don't overplay him. And in February, March, and April, the orders have 37 games in 73 days. They basically play a game every second day, just under, in fact. So they're going to have to ensure that they have a backup. Like, look at, I looked at the numbers for Skinner. He probably can play 22 of those games. So you need a backup to play 15. Okay. 15. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, a, you know, the, the problem too is the trade deadline comes and goes. You got to make your move a little earlier in that stint, like in that stretch that you're talking about. You got to make your move on a goalie. Uh, I don't, I, I, like Calvin Pickard's a funny guy. Like, are you telling me he's any worse than, than the guys I'm seeing around the, the league? Is he, is he, when, when Dan Vladar plays in Calgary, is he playing way better than Pickard? Yep. Is Laurent Gassois way better than Pickard? Is Antti Ranta way better than Pickard? Whoever's the backup in Toronto is not better than Pickard, whoever it is this week. So, you know, I don't know. I look at Calvin Pickard, too, and I go, ah, 
you know, American League journeyman. There's no way he can be the answer. Then I watch him play, and I go, the goals that are going in are all good goals. There's no bad goals going in on this guy. So I don't know. You know, like you say, goalies are voodoo, man. I'm not sure what to think about that position right now. Yeah, no, it's it's well, you're right. Like to, to just trade away the thing. The other thing is spec. They might just stand pat with their goalies and say, you know what? Maybe if Pickard, if he doesn't get hot, maybe all of a sudden Rodriguez is a guy who who can play a few backup games for us in March or April. And maybe maybe Jack Campbell, the miracle of miracles, can yep. play a few games for us rather than go out and get another goalie who's got a meh. Yep. You know, the, the one guy, because they, if they keep falling out of it, James Reimer might be the guy you go get, and I don't think the cost would be very much. Yep, and that might be a last-second decision. Sure, I'll give you all that. I guess I guess the point kind of becomes, you know, like really the only reason you're getting one of the main reasons is what if Skinner gets hurt? You got to have a guy that can play, and I understand that reasoning. Yeah, but what if Skinner gets hurt? Is James Reimer going to win you playoff series? He's not. Like you can say to me, Calvin Pickard can't win you playoff series. I'll probably say sure, but I'm going to ask you: Can James Reimer win you playoff series? You well, know, is Jack Campbell winning you playoff? Like yeah. there's so many teams out there. If 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 Demko gets hurt in Vancouver, is Casey DeSmith going to win you a bunch of playoff series? I mean, maybe, probably no. not. Uh, like Aiden so. Hill just did it, so you never know. But I agree with you. Like, there's when anybody's starter, if your argument is, well, if they lose their starter, I'm like, yeah, well, go through the Pacific, of course. Yeah. Like Vegas is the only one because they have Hill and Thompson. But what if LA right. if LA loses Talbot, they're going to Copley. Right, they're going to DeSmith in Vancouver. Right yeah, right. exactly. So you know, now I like Dallas's backup in Wedgwood. I just don't know if he can play a lot. But when he plays, he can play pretty well. But you know, Colorado, same thing. Yeah, like most teams don't have two starting goalies because the old adage is, if you have two, that means you don't have one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and you know, I think we forget too that Skinner's a sophomore here. Yes, you know. Skinner's a sophomore. Don't nobody knows with goalies how they progress, how they're going to be, how good they can be. You know, all these goalies that came out first round goalies with tons of pedigree. A lot of them didn't turn out as good as you thought. Some did, not that many. And some of the great goalies of all time, you know, Hashik, Curtis Joseph, Eddie Belfort were never even drafted. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Don't tell me you know where the ceiling on Stuart Skinner is. I'm not putting a ceiling on this guy. He no looks chance. very good right now, and he's a very young goalie. Why can't he? We sit around and wait for – here's a guy in town tonight, Carter Hart, who's really found himself. He's a he's turning into that goalie everyone said he was going to be, but he took a while to get there. And everyone said, don't worry, it'll come. He's a first – I think it was first-round pick. He's a, he's a really high-pedigree young goalie. And we gave him a lot of time, and he's rewarded people by being the goalie we thought he'd be. Why doesn't Stuart Skinner get that time? Hey, Speck, uh, I'm agreeing with you because that's what I wrote a while back. I'm like, pump the brakes on Skinner. He had a bad seven games. That's all he had. Was yeah. it? He had a very good rookie season. He had a bad seven games to start the year, and since then has been quite good. Speck, we'll see you at the ring. Yeah. Have a good one. Sounds good, Jay. It's Mark Spector in the S. Beck Report brought to you by NextGenTransportation.com. Uh, Derek Van Deest will uh, join us next. What are the Flames going to do? And Jonathan Huberto, is he ever going to score? Oh, my goodness. How painful is that? Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, the uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Some, we're into January, baby. The uh, trade deadline, in case you're wondering. March 8th this year. It's a Friday. can't remember the last time it was on a Friday, but it's a Friday uh, this year. And uh, March 8th. So just over two months. 
which means the uh, trade talks are going to heat up. And uh, there are lots of rumblings of uh, a William Nylander eight-year extension coming in at uh, just over 11 million bucks. Might be announced soon as well. So we'll get to all that. And more when we return to the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Rolling through. Lovely Tuesday afternoon. It's game day. Oiler fans, it's been a while since you've been at the rink. Probably excited to go to see the Philadelphia Flyers and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, great matchup in goals. Uh, two local products, Carter Hart and Stuart Skinner. Those guys have been battling each other since they're kids. It's awesome. That'll be a lot of fun. Look across. Ah, I played that guy. Southside Athletic Club, you're playing in Sherrod Park, playing all over, WHL. Now you're in the NHL uh, in your hometown. Got to be a thrill for uh, both of them tonight. That's the only lineup change uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. We'll get to the uh, lineup in a second. But first, uh, let's get to uh, Derek Van Dees from NHL.com. Uh, covers the Oilers, the Flames, the Canucks, and the Jets. And uh, DVD, as you uh, as you look around the uh, the Pacific Division and really even the Central with Winnipeg, is the, the Jonathan Huberto story. Like, it's amazing. I saw the stat. Nathan McKinnon had 27 points in the time that Huberto had zero. Like, he, yeah. like they're... <laughs> It's amazing the level of his story. Like Connor Brown struggling in Edmonton, and people are like, yeah, Connor. But like Jonathan Huberto was a top five scorer for five years in the NHL, and now he can't score to save his life. Yeah, yeah. I think he got an assist the other day, and yep. I think that was his only point. I don't think he got a point in December. Um, like I think that, that that was his only point in December. I believe the assist the other day when uh, when the Flyers were in town. So yeah, he's got one point. And, and you're right. I saw that stat as well, uh, that uh, McKinnon had 27 points. I, I don't know what's going on with Jonathan Huberto. I really don't. Like, I, I didn't think he was a 100-point player when he got to 100 points in Florida. Uh, and I thought, okay, they overpaid him. But I thought he was an 80-point guy. I thought he was a 70, 85-point guy. And if you can get that for the Flames, you know, that's not bad. That's it's pretty good contribution. And I think the Flames saw that as well. I think, you know, Brad Trevelling said – Okay, you know, this is an 80-point guy. He had a great season. He's going to get paid for that great season. But we need a guy like that. We need an offensive guy like that that can carry the load. And what does he have, 16 points in his first 36 games? Like, the wheels have fallen off this guy. And, and you don't know why because he seems to have all the tools. He's big. He's strong. He can skate. He's got a good offensive instincts. Just nothing is seemingly going right for this guy. And this is a player that was benched early on this season. So he's got no confidence right now. And they're trying to get him going. But, yeah, it's it's really unbelievable how he's fallen off the table. And this is the first year of that big deal that he signed. So <laughs> you got to wonder what the Flames are going to do with that. Like that's, that's an anchor right now, that contract. And they're probably looking over at the Leafs and looking at Brad Trey Living and saying, yeah, thanks a lot for this one. Like, you left us with this anchor. He's an 80-point guy, but he's producing at a 40-point pace. And it's just unbelievable to me right now. How, how much he's struggling. I would have never called that. I would have never thought that he, his game would fall off the table like it has. Yeah. No, no chance. I don't, I don't think anybody would have, uh, uh, to be honest. Um, the Edmonton Orders game is not falling off in anything. It's, uh, it's only getting better. Uh, 13 and three in their last 16 games. Uh, they're on a five game heater all on the road. And, you know, every facet of their game, Derek, like, it's hard to find one element. Like, I guess you could say Connor Brown, but even Connor Brown has two points in his last three games. Like for him, that's, that's outstanding production. I know it's not a goal, but yeah. like there is nothing on this order team right now that really looks concerning. Like there might be in the future, but right now they are pumping on all cylinders. 
Yeah, I mean, and Connor Brown's not scoring, but he is contributing in other ways. And he is contributing on the penalty kill. He's doing a good job as a penalty killer. Um, and, you know, he is doing other things. It's just a matter of fact that the, the scoring is not coming yet. And I think he's got to shoot the puck more. I, he's given up. Like, he's got no confidence in his shot right now. Like, he's yeah. given up quality scoring looks looks at the net, and he's looking for the pass. Like, a guy who hasn't scored all year, you think he'd be shooting every chance he gets, go to the net, shoot as much as possible, but he's given up a lot of shots, which is kind of surprising to me, thinking, you know what, you need a goal. You need a goal to get going here. And they expected this. The owners went into the He's coming off major knee surgery. They said, listen, December, January, February, hopefully that's when he gets going, and hopefully that – you know, towards April and May, they'll have another guy. He'll kind of be like a, a trade deadline acquisition if he currently I mean, starts becoming that player they expected to be and, and chip in and score those goals. They all expected him to take some time. I know it takes some time to come back from a major knee, knee injury, um, but I think he's doing other things well. He's not producing, and I know, you know, we, you know people are getting on him. They, they sign this guy. He's going to cost you almost $4 million of the cap next year. He doesn't have a goal. Um, but I think it's a little different from what's going on with him as opposed to what's going on with Huberto. I think he is contributing in different ways. He's getting closer. He's getting looks. Um, I just think he's got to shoot the puck more. He's got to stop passing up those shot opportunities. And I'm sure the coaching staff is telling him. I'm sure his teammates are telling him, hey, if you get a chance to shoot the puck, shoot the puck. Because uh, eventually he'll go in for you. And I think that's one of the issues right now with Connor Brown. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Um, you know, I wonder if he gets one, uh, well, it'll probably be like an anvil off of his uh, shoulders. Uh, I don't know if he'll go on a heater like McLeod or Fogel or not, but, uh, you know, maybe he'll get something going. The fact that he has two points in three games probably got to give him a, a little bit of a boost uh, for sure. Um, Warren Fogel, uh, you know, Speck was on and he said he talked to Fogel and Fogel told him how dry was really being saying, hey, man, like you're big and strong. Don't dump the puck in, like hold on to it. Look to yeah. make plays. Uh, you know, Ryan McLeod has he had nine inner slot shots in the first 28 games. He has four in his last five and not surprisingly has more goals. Right. Like that's where most of the goals come for any player in the league. That's just a fact. But, um, you know, what do you make of Fogel and McLeod? And do you think that, you know, as long as this run lasts on the second line, that maybe the benefits will be that when they're back together as a third line potentially in the future, that they will use the offensive confidence they've gained there to help make that third line even more formidable when they return there, which if I was betting, I'd still bet that's where they end up. Yeah, and you talk about guys that were struggling. These are two guys that couldn't score, didn't have any points early on. Like, they were really struggling offensively. And then, you know, again, they're both guys guys that can fly. I think they're both guys that had great speed. And I talked to Fogel as well today after the scrum broke up. We were kind of just chatting thereafter. And he said, you know, when you play with Dreisaitl, give him the puck and he's going to hold on to it. He's going to give you opportunities to get into good spaces. And then he's going to find you with the puck. And I think that's what we're seeing now. I know, first off, when they put Dreisaitl with Fogel and McLeod, a lot of people were like, oh, you got to play with offensive guys. You can't play with these two guys that go up and down and they really don't have a lot of offensive skill. But I think they've shown that they do have offensive abilities, and it's just a matter of being able to play with someone that that kind of brought those out in him. And I think you're seeing that now is that they, they create a lot of room for dry settle just based on their speed. They can both fly. They both get up and down the wing really well. And dry settle is able to hold off defenders. He holds off the puck. And like Vogel said to me today, so he'll draw two guys to him and then you got to find that open spot and he'll get you the puck and you got to make most of those opportunities. I think this is a good little run for, for both McLeod and Fogel because they're getting to play with a player as talented as Leon Drysaddle, something they probably have never done in their career before. And they're taking advantage of it. And I think that does 
that, that is a big thing for the owners to be able to get production from those guys. You can't have dry saddle McDavid and Hyman do all the heavy lifting every night. You need production from those guys. And I think they're, they're getting right now. And I think that's why they're having a lot of successes because these guys have found their game. They, they have confidence now and, and they know, Hey, we play with a good offensive player. We're going to get some really, really good looks, and we just got to take the most of them. And these are guys that, that go hard to the net, nothing too flashy about them, up and down the wing, go hard to the net, and it's paying off right now. And I think uh, that's a big, big thing for the owners because if you can get production from McLeod and, and, and guys like that, uh, Fogel down the lineup, uh, that's going to be a big thing. Dylan Holloway is getting closer to returning. When he returns DVD, I'd try him at third line center with Kane to start. I'm not splitting up the top six for now. Maybe down the road, but I wouldn't do it. And I would play Holloway at center. What do you think? No, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Like, listen, Holloway, this guy, if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't like, have any luck at all. Like, this is unbelievable, just the, the injuries that he's gone through. And even you look at this injury, he slid into the boards on his own, and he got hurt. So you got to think, okay, hopefully this bad luck is behind him. He can gain some traction here, because every time he seems to be gaining some traction, something happens. Something gets hurt. You know, so something goes wrong with him. But I do think that he would work out there. He's a very he's a guy that has a lot of talent. He's got a good vision for the game, sees the game really well. He just hasn't been able to kind of get up to speed and get that talent. And I, I know he's still got to produce uh, offensively. I know a lot of people were saying at the beginning of the year, right, hey, put him up on the first two lines, put him up on the first lines. But you got to earn that spot on the first two lines. And I don't think he was doing that. But I think you're right. I think if they play him at center on the third line, give him some confidence, let him have some time. They're playing with a guy like Kane who's going to create a lot of room for him. Um, I think it would work out would be well. But he's coming off another a big injury, another long injury. So it's going to take him again some time to kind of get up to game speed because you can practice as much as you want, as hard as you want. Any, any player will tell you until you're actually getting in there playing games, you're not going to be up in that game shape. And I think it's going to take a few games for him to get back up to speed. Hey, something we don't see very often, DVD. I know you're covering the Jets. Uh, they're taking on Tampa Bay tonight. They've got some injury issues, and they got salary cap issues. So Tampa Bay is only dressing five defensemen. Sergachev, Cernak, and Fleury are all out. So they'll go with Hedman, Perbix, Radish, Myers, and DeHaan. Five D-men and, uh, and 12 forwards. So, man, I'm, I'll be curious to see the minutes tonight for uh, for Hedman. But uh, that's a big boost for the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Anytime a team's only playing five D-men, you see if you can wear them down or not. But, uh, you know, the Winnipeg Jets kind of quietly, DVD, have uh, put together a pretty solid season. They have, and I, I always like their lineup, and I think we've talked about this before. I thought they had one of the deepest forward groups in the NHL. Not necessarily they – they're not top-heavy. They're not – you know, they, they're a guy – they're a team that – really can roll the lines on you and they just keep coming. They keep coming. They keep coming. Uh, Gabriel Velarde coming since he got back into the lineup. He had that injury early on in the year. He's coming on strong. And I think that's the thing with the Jets and that's the way they're, they're made up. They got a very, very good goalie. They got a world-class defenseman and they got three lines, four lines that'll just keep coming over the boards. And it's going to be interesting to see if Tampa can handle that because it just, it's one after the other, one after the other. They're just constantly putting pressure on you. You don't get a break from that and they just wear you down. Eventually they wear you down and they get to you. And I, I always saw that. I saw that lineup and I'm like, you know what? You're going to be hard pressed to find more even group of 12, top 12 forwards than you are in Winnipeg, but there's not a lot of drop off from the first line to the fourth line. And they're playing him, and, and, you know, Rick Bonus has them going. He's got a lot of confidence in that group, a lot of confidence in those guys, and he'll just roll the lines and keep going and keep going, and they'll, and they'll wear you down. And I really like the way they're playing. And I think 
they're set up for success because of that, because they're a very deep team and, and they have players. They, like I said, they're not top heavy and superstars, but they have players that will just keep coming at you and, and just try and wear you down. And so I think Tampa Bay might be in trouble today if they're trying to fend that off with just five fencemen. DVD, as always, appreciate your time. We'll see you at the rink. Sounds good. We'll see you there tonight. That's uh, Derek Van Dees from NHL.com. You can read all his stuff there. Uh, hey, all the uh, Western Canadian teams, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. Uh, we'll come back get to the uh, lineup and more on the Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube, in the Ewell Studio, E-W-E-L.ca. Come on and get me, Gregor. Ha- Haley with you. Lovely Tuesday. Not a singer, but hey. Sing like no one's watching, as they say. So, no, that's not true, because we're on YouTube, but nonetheless, got to have a little fun. And Sports 1440, it's a Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, once again, hey, uh, shout out to the lady in uh, Yellowhead County who won a million dollars at PlayAlberta.ca during the uh, Christmas break. Woohoo! Nice! Play responsibly, but you never know. Lots of big winners there at PlayAlberta.ca. Hey, it's time to go in the room. Uh, brought to you by uh, Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. Get into the uh, orders lineup. And, of course, hey, uh, if you haven't been down to uh, Sherwood, Sherwood Power Sports and Marine, check it out. A 91,000-liter tank for you to uh, test drive a fishing boat, pontoon boat, all the boats. Now, they also have ATVs, side-by-sides, motorcycles. You don't really want to try those in the liter tank. I don't think that will be good. But you can uh, try them out as well. Fabulous facility. Check it out. Sherwood Power Sports and Marine. As mentioned, uh, the orders lineup, only lineup change tonight. Stuart Skinner is back in. Uh, Skinner is 10 and 2 in his last 12 starts. Has a 920 save percentage and a 203 goals against average. Not bad at all. The orders will start, of course, with uh, McDavid alongside Hyman and Nugent Hopkins. Dry settle with Fogel and McLeod. You have uh, Kane with Ryan and Yanmark. And then you have. Uh, Ernie, Brown, and Hamlin. Orders defense pairs are the same. Nurse and CeCe, Ekholm and Bouchard, and uh, Kulak and Vincent DeHarnay. The Philadelphia Flyers, Carter Hart, the Sherwood Park product, will uh, get the start in goal for the uh, Flyers. Up front, you got Farabee, Kachuria, and Konechny. Look for the Kachuria lineup against McDavid as much as possible. Then uh, Owen Tippett, Morgan Frost, and Bobby Brink. Some young guys in Philly. You got Pauline with Atkinson and Forrester. And then De- Delorier, Lawton, and Hathaway. That's a big, heavy fourth line. So that might be a little bit of a mismatch for the Oilers' fourth line. We'll see how that, that goes. On the back end, Sanheim's with York, Walker, and Sealer. And then Ristalainen and uh, Igor Zemula for the uh, Flyers. The Flyers come in. Their power play's awful. 10.5%, but their penalty kill is very good, over 85%. So uh, Oilers... Penalty kill should have a chance to keep rolling tonight. The power play, it's a good test against a very good penalty-killing Philadelphia Flyers team. The uh, Oilers, as uh, mentioned, are just looking to uh, win uh, their sixth in a row. Uh, currently, there's been uh, seven teams with a, a winning streak of six or more games. The Oilers lead the NHL this year with the eight-gamer. So if they win tonight, that's uh, eight six-game winning streaks. The Oilers will own two of them. The Oilers are the first team this season to have multiple five-game winning streaks. If Florida wins tonight, they could become the uh, second team. Now, let's hear uh, from 
head coach uh, Chris Knobloch about the uh, the lineup and specifically just the style of play right now that uh, Dry Saddle's line is playing and why they've been successful. I think it's working mostly because you got three guys who are making a lot of plays. Um, tremendous confidence right now. Um, you know, they are good on the forecheck getting in when they get pucks in deep and recovering them. But a lot of it has to do with them just being able to um, maintain possession, not give it up, and making plays. And there are time and place where they have to dump it in and go get it. But, you know, I think a lot of it is one puck play, making good decisions, but also the speed of um, Fogel and especially McLeod being able to push back the defenseman that allows it easier for uh, entries. So they've been able to spend a lot of time in the offensive zone. And, hey, that's a key for any team, right? Uh, your best uh, defense is a good offense at uh, at times. Um, you know, a coach's job at times is to, to help guys, you know, get some offensive confidence. Now, you can't you can't shoot the puck into the net for a player, but you can work on things. You can do different things. Um, you know, he, he mentioned that Fogel, the reason he moved him to the right wing was he felt like most of his best offensive stretches came when he was playing the right wing. And so he's done that. Is there anything else Knobloch has seen lately that's, uh, that's helped him uh, improve his offense? Um, yeah, just some guys feel more comfortable, whether that's on entries. Um, you know, there are disadvantages of playing your off wing, um, but there are a lot of advantages. One, the breaking the puck out against a pinching defenseman. Playing your offside is much easier than playing your uh, strong side. Um, another one is playing your offside on entries. Um, coming into the offensive zone, being able to cut to the middle of the ice where it's so much more dangerous, um, you can make plays there. Another one is being able to one-time the uh, puck. Uh, Warren can shoot the puck as hard as anybody. He's very dangerous in those situations. Um, I'm not sure if he's benefited on that um, last couple of weeks on certainly that play but um, yeah you just try and put players where they're more comfortable um, more comfortable on their position but also who they're playing with and right now I think he feels pretty comfortable yeah well him and McLeod have had success and it's funny I know uh, Wood Guy and other guys have looked at uh, Fogel and Drysaddle in the past granted small sample size uh, when they've played together they've had success so, you know, Fogel is a big guy who can skate, right? And he doesn't want, he doesn't carry the puck a lot, which I think plays in a dry settles game because he's good at carrying the puck, right? But Fogel's good at, uh, he'll go retrieve pucks. He's quick. He's relentless on the forecheck and, and he does have a good, a good shot, right? So given the opportunity as, you know, like he's not a great finisher, but he's a decent finisher. And I think that's, uh, that's what's helped them a lot. Uh, also, um, you know, when I, when I look at at the orders overall, I think it's um, you know they got a lot of speed in their top six right now. Um, they got a lot of speed in throughout their lineup. The orders are a fast team. I like who would be their slowest forward. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I don't know, Derek Ryan maybe? Probably. Probably. And, and I don't think anyone looks at him as a slow player. So I think yours are a pretty, uh, pretty fast team. So Hey, guys, uh, I was curious. Uh, do you know how much money you ended up raising in the uh, month of giving? Uh, I missed it. I'm curious. That comes from uh, Nick. Nick, it's a good question. Uh, we raised the most we've ever raised before. $164,850 in, uh, in 16 days in the month of giving. So uh, a huge shout out to everybody who donated any of the pyramid of giving. Uh, you donated, uh, maybe you bid on a package, whether you got it or not, you bidding kept it going up. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was remarkable. It's, that's such a difference made in the, in the lives of kids for Santa's Anonymous and the Brightview uh, Elementary Breakfast Program, uh, for teenagers at Adopt-A-Teen, for families at uh, the Holiday Hamper and the Christmas Bureau, and for seniors with the Operation Friendship Senior Society. It's, uh, it's a huge, huge benefit. And Greg's uh, looking back at the Bayer-Fogel trade. A lot of people were crying that we gave up another young D-man, but boy, does that trade look good right now from Tyler. Well, see, I was one of the few guys. I'd, I liked to trade for Edmonton at the time. I, I didn't think Ethan Bear was going to be a top four defenseman on this team. And uh, they needed a guy like Fogel. Now, we could argue that the orders, did they have to pay Fogel that much? Mm, that's a debate. Right? But he's not a gross overpayment. And this year, yeah, he's lived up. But Fogel, if you look at his career numbers, the player you acquired is exactly the player you've got. Now, this year, he's, he's on pace to set career highs. On pace and then doing it, we'll talk if he actually does it. But he's on pace to do it. But the the, the one thing I never really understood, the, the one thing that was perplexing to me the whole time Jay Woodcroft was a coach was he didn't want to use Fogel on the penalty kill, despite Fogel being very good on a very good penalty killing team in Carolina. He was a regular penalty killer on a team that was a top five penalty kill team. But he wasn't a penalty killer here. It's the one thing I never really understood why. I know, like, Vogel and the coach had conversations, and, you know, you would try him there for a bit, but as somebody who's, you know, anybody who's coached, it's hard when you have a preconceived notion of somebody, for whatever reason, to change it. So, um, you know, I, I like the trade at the time for the orders. I think it's worked out fine. All right, Carolina, obviously, uh, Bear has moved on to a few different places. Now he's in Washington. You wish him all the best, but I think the trade has worked out for Edmonton, no doubt about it. 
For those watching online, stay here because, of course, uh, Orders Nation uh, YouTube pregame show is coming up as the Orders looking for their sixth consecutive victory. And for Order fans, the first time back at the rink in a while because the Orders have been on the road for six straight games. So uh, enjoy it. Drive safe. We will uh, chat with you tomorrow if the Orders uh, winners of six in a row could set up a very, very productive January. I think the Orders minimum are going eight and three. I think they could go nine and two this month. Schedule, quality of competition, and the way they're playing, a lot of things are pointing in the right direction. Let's get to the con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Booster Juice. Uh, visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re energize or download their new Booster Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy right now at Booster Juice. Good night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.